0: Thank you for listening to the Park Church Podcast. I hope you enjoy the sermon. I've got a good voice. People come down the stairs and go out the front door, and the folks here at the front, if you go out through these side doors, as I say, we trust that's not going to happen, but I have to point that out to you. And if, if you get caught short during the service, then there are facilities at the front are also through in the hall. Let's pray together. We take time as a community this morning to remember. from busy lives, from the activities of the day, for the concern, from the concerns of our own situation, we would take time to remember. And so we ask, O God, our Father, that as we meet in this place, in this church, in a church that was built when the American Civil War was carrying on in the United States, in a building that has witnessed conflicts global and involving our own nation, as we gather in this place, we ask that by the Holy Spirit, you will not only help us to look back and to give thanks, But also to recall sacrifice made, lives laid down, liberties won, opportunities gained. And so stand among us, Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and be known in our midst, we pray. (coughs) Amen. I'm looking for a volunteer. and I'm looking for, I have to say, unfortunately, it's a young man in the sense that nowadays I like to involve everybody, obviously, but this at a sprung man. And somebody I don't know. Let's think now. <laughs> the glint of somebody saying, I'm just making sure I can't see. Right. Good sir at the end there, looking over at the young folk. <laughs> Out you come. Out you come. See, you were here on Friday night for the practice, and I recognize your face. That's dangerous. Now, how old are you, by the way? 17. 17. Right. Well, this is a story of a young man, a bit older than yourself, but probably the same kind of build. And he was in a uniform, and... This is the well, it's not the uniform, but it's a symbol of the uniform he would have worn. Uh, people were a lot smaller, I think, in those days. This is back in the last war. But you want to try it on for a fit? I don't think it's going to be a very easy fit. Don't burst or whatever you do. I love to hear the end from a son. There we are. It's a bit tight, isn't it? It is. Oh. There you are. But still, I think it looks quite smart, doesn't it? Give us a twirl. Give us a twirl. There we are, right, right. Well, you know, but you do, you do, you look smart. That. Well, that's, now, do you know what that jacket's from? A uniform of somebody who would have served in what? Well, it's pretty obvious, it to be local, way, but anyway. The army. That, yeah. No, not the army, no, not the army. No, 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 what, what, what do you think? Can you see where? I'll give a clue. Where? Uh, church. No, 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 no. No, we, have it. we don't have bombers flying from Park Church, you know, we don't have... Right, right, girls, come on, let's think, where, where do you think we're from? The Air Force, the Air Force. yes, yes, I actually think you look quite like an officer in the Air Force, yes, you do, yes, you do, you get quick promotion, officer in the BB and office of the Air Force. I think, actually, you're a flying sergeant, but that doesn't matter, but that, that's, that was your... Now, this is way back 1939, 1940, I'm not just too sure when, but during the last war, okay? And in the story, it's a real story, you lived down the road from my mum. There we are. Okay. She was a bit younger than you, I think. But um, she lived down the road. And I don't know. I don't even know the whole story. I don't know his name. Same as I don't really know your name, sorry. But, and I don't know the whole story. But all I know is that you lived with your mum and dad in one part of Rosalind Avenue in Rutherglen, which is still there. And, um, and my mum and her family lived a few doors down. And you went off and you served in the royal Office. You know why I know that? It's because I have, and I think Gregor's going to put up on the screen a little picture. There we are. I have this badge, Now it's very small. That's why it's up on the screen, and this is the badge you would have worn when you were out in more, let's say, Civvy street. so when you were, getting, you know, your time off and all the rest of it. You would wear this badge, and it would be on just there. Now, I wonder if I can... This is actually quite, this will not probably have been put on a jacket since 1940-ish. There it is, there. Okay. There we are, right. So, now you may ask, why would my mum have that badge? Well that's because you went in that ethnic says, I don't know what you were, whether you're a pilot or in bomber command or whatever it is, but you never came back from that war. You were killed in that war. And your mum, and this is the real story, gave to my mum, okay, in the sense of you being the pilot, yeah. gave to my mum that badge as a little reminder of I don't know whether it was a you know, a sweetheart. She did meet my dad, but you know, and got married. Um, Or whether it was just friends or what, I don't know anything about the story. All I know is that my mum kept that little badge in a wee box for all of her life. And once she showed me it and told me that she'd got it from a family down the street, whose boy that she'd known was a pilot or an RAF and was killed during the war. And I actually don't think that's ever been on a jacket ever since that date. What, 70 years ago? (laughs) Little story of what it meant for many people, not just in the past, but in recent years, to go and fight. Were you at the school on, are you in Ardynston Grammar? No, no. no. Where are you? Uh, School sport. Ah, right, oh, well, well. We were Addison Grammar on Tuesday. And we went through mentioned at the beginning different conflicts including where are some of the more recent conflicts where people are fighting or have fought in the world where do you think well where, where? Afghanistan. Afghanistan yes good for you anywhere else do you know Iraq. in Iraq and there's also been troops though hidden very much behind the scenes and all the rest of it where else in Syria yes we've had special forces in Syria and so, and then before that, can anybody else think of anywhere else people fought from Britain in other parts of the world? Away, when I was a young, a young man, there was a war away in the South Atlantic. Where was that? there was Kuwait, good, right, there was, there was Kuwait. That's right, in the Middle East, there was, there was Kuwait. And before that, there was the Falklands. So there's been, ever since the last war, ever since that war where that young man went away off and fought and then never came back, there's been umpteen wars plenty of sons and daughters have gone to fight. And unfortunately, as I said right at the beginning, many didn't come back. And this Remembrance Sunday, there will be people, and there may even be somebody here. I certainly see at the cross, people put down up at the War Memorial at the cross, they put down little crosses, do you see that? And they have names on it. That could be somebody's dad or somebody's mom, somebody's grandpa, maybe somebody's brother. I don't know. Certainly when I came 20 years ago, there were family members, still remember. They probably have passed on as well. But there's real people, real lives, real sacrifice. And you know what? It was men and women of ages like yourself. Who gave their life, yes for their country, but also for their families, for their neighbors, and for their friends. Jesus said, no greater love than this, than a man laid down his life for his friends. And that's what happens in real war, real battles. People sacrificing their lives are standing in the line of duty as I saw somebody earlier, an officer, and i have been in our armed forces, and our police force, and all the other organizations, people standing on their line, willing to sacrifice themselves for others. That's, that's, that maybe sounds about odd. Why would you do that? But you do it out of love? That young lad loved his family. Loved him perhaps as a friend. My mum, who knows? and gave his life for our freedoms. And that's what we remember this Remembrance Sunday. I think you look very smart as an officer. Do You fancy joining the RAF? No. There's a crew, Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> what do you want to do? I don't know. You don't know? Not a clue. Not a clue, oh well, well. We'll all be like that someday. You'll <laughs> sure we'll find something out. Let's give him a round of applause. Thank him for doing that. We're going to sing together now a song that invites us all to be channels of peace in our world. Make me a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. And we'll stand to sing. It's very easy for us, especially as adults and especially as most of us now sitting in church have no immediate remembrance of It's very easy for us to think it's only about what happened a long time ago. But we are reminded daily in our newspapers, in the media, and television, and in other areas that we live in a world of conflict. And just now as we approach the time for remembrance, I'm going to lead us in a prayerful time. Some of you may be here and you have no real faith and no real awareness of God. That's fine. Just take Time to close our eyes and to be thoughtful, just to help us to prepare our minds and hearts so that we might rightly remember and give thanks for the liberties that we enjoy. So I invite you just to bow your heads and just to have this time before we have remembrance. And there's three little verses from the Bible that I want us to hear before we have our act of remembrance. Firstly, from the book of Revelation chapter 12, where we read that war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. He was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. And he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. And we remember as we gather on this Remembrance Sunday that we live in a world of war because behind the headlines of the media, of the newspaper, and behind the conflicts that break out in so many different places of the world, there is a battle, a battle between good and evil, a battle between the kingdom of God and The kingdoms and the principalities and powers of this present age. There are spiritual realities. And behind all of that, there is the evil one, the devil, the father of lies, the prince not of peace but of war, the one who leads the whole world astray. And so, in this Remembrance Sunday, we remember that reality. Lord Jesus Christ, hear us as we pray. And then we hear this verse from 1 Peter, where Peter writes Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. And we remember on this Remembrance Sunday that behind behind all the battles of the world, and the conflicts within our own society, there are the battles without and the wars within our own lives. That lustful look, that greedy grasp, that puffed-up pride, that self-indulgent attitude. We remember that war in the world is a sign of the struggles within the human heart and soul. Those desires which wage war within us. Lord Jesus Christ, hear us as we pray. And then we hear lastly this verse from Second Corinthians, where Paul writes, "For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, our weapons have divine power to demolish proud strongholds. They demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we remember that those who live by the sword die by the sword. We remember that in the conflicts of our world and in the conflicts within our own community, perhaps within our own office, within our own family, amongst people who once we called friends, that in the midst of all those conflicts, your call, O God, is not to use the weapons of the world, but to allow the liberty of the grace and mercy of God to set the captive free to bring sight to the blind, to bring healing to the hurting, to bring peace to the troubled soul, to demolish proud strongholds, and to reveal the empty pretensions of humanity. So, we remember, Lord Jesus Christ, hear us as we pray, and we remember the cost of human sinfulness wars fought, life laid down, refugees, homeless, promises broken dreams damaged, innocent, killed, and we remember. Will you please be upstanding? They shall not grow old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them nor the years condemn at the going down of the sun and in the morning we will remember them we will remember Please be seated. Oh God, our help in ages past. We're going to sing our next hymn, and then after that, Karen's going to come and lead us in our time of reflection.
1: Please be seated. Now, boys and girls, I wonder if any of you have a hero that you really, really like. Somebody from a book or a film or a comic, but a hero, somebody that swoops in and saves the day. Has anyone got a favourite hero? Good, I've got one hand up. Think about it, I'm hoping for some more feedback. Okay, oh, they're coming now. Right, okay, yes. Who's your hero? The Flash. The Flash. Now he's really fast, isn't he? This is going to test my superhero knowledge because it's not great. Right, Ross. Okay. Love man. Love man. A made-up superhero who Ross aims to be when he's older. I think the world needs more people that, lo- that are all about love. So that's good. Right, I'm going to leave. BBs just now. so I'm going to go further along because I'll be here all day if I get stuck. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Okay, rainbows. Who's your hero? Yes. Ladybug. A ladybug. Oh, now that's, that is a superhero thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've missed out on that one. I, I don't know much about her, but that is really cool. And Cat Noir, wow. They're a, a team. Oh, they're a team, excellent. And team works really good. Fab. Yeah, Robin. Cat Noir. Cat Noir as well. Okay, this is a thing. Okay, wow. Right, yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Right at the end. Can you tell me? Cat Boy. Cat Boy. I know who Cat Boy is. Yes, we had a PG Masks phase in our house. I know Cat Boy. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, these are superheroes. Right, let's go further up. Let me go further up. Yes. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, I know who she is as well. Fantastic. Yep captain underpants i also know who he is because he's liked in my house as well okay heroes people who come in they swoop in and they save the day well we're going to think if you put your hands down just now boys plenty other time to get involved don't worry but we're going to think this morning about a hero and a bit of an unexpected hero actually somebody who's a real person she lived during biblical times so that means her story can be found in the bible And she was a bit unexpected as a hero because she was young, she was a girl, she was a Jewish girl who was an orphan. That means she had no mum and dad and her cousin cared for her and brought her up. And she didn't even live in her homeland. She had been taken away. I know it's terrible, isn't it? She'd been taken away from her homeland with all her people, all the Jewish people had been taken from their homeland. First when the Babylonians had come and conquered their land, they were all taken into slavery then and then the Persians came and they defeated the Babylonians and then they were in charge and our hero Esther, it was during that time that she lived. She didn't start out a hero but we're going to explore the story this morning and see just what made her one. So she lived in the capital city called Susa And that was where the king lived as well. Now, I need some help this morning. I'm needing a king. Is anyone feeling particularly royal this morning? Willing to be my king? Now, let me see, let me see. I've got loads of hands up. That's super. Now, let's see. Yeah, okay, we'll come over this way because I've been to that side. Let me see, let me see. Yes, would you like to come and be my king? You are King Xerxes. That's a name and a half, isn't it? Come on up, King Xerxes. Right, now what's your actual name first? Tom. Tom, that's a bit easier to say, isn't it? Nice to meet you, Tom. Right, let me just find my stuff. Let me see, let me see. Right, Tom, you are the king. So as a king, we need certain things. We need a crown, don't we? Can I put that on there? There we are. We need a royal robe, and James, do you mind getting me a throne out? From here, if you bring this seat round, right, you come over here in a minute, Tom. If you just pop that seat there for me, James, thank you. Just there, lovely. Because every king needs a throne, don't they? So there, oh, there we go, looking royal. So this is none other than King Xerxes, ruler of the Persian Empire, conqueror of Babylon. Okay, I'm not going to tie that too tightly, so we'll definitely get it off you at the end. Right, have a wee seat on the throne, your majesty. There we are. Now, are you quite strong? see. muscles. No, I don't. Well, King Xerxes was powerful, we don't know how strong he was, but he was powerful and he was really wealthy. That means he had lots of money. But he wanted to make sure everyone knew that because he wanted to make sure they knew that he was king. He was the one that was all powerful. He was the one with all the money really powerful and so we like to have big banquets, with big fancy meals to show off his power now we don't have time to go into all that detail this morning but we could get you a servant would you like a servant because okay. servants are pregnant so i need a servant who's willing to be a servant oh right let me see i can see you at the back you're looking super keen i don't want to. let me see let me see yes up you come hey <laughs> right, what's your name nicholas. nicholas nice to meet you nicholas so you are king xerxes servant come join me You have a very important role to do. You need to make sure our king is happy this morning. And just so we know, you're the servant. Here we go. You don't get a robe. You don't get a crown because you're not powerful. You are the servant. (laughs) So could you kneel beside your king? Just if you come to this side for me. And that way, if ever he needs any help, you're there ready to help him. There we go. So maybe just keep checking on your majesty. Just check he's all right for me. All right. So King Xerxes, powerful. That's what you need to remember. Well, King Xerxes decided he wanted a new wife, okay? I know, don't worry, you don't need to do anything, you just get to sit. He wanted a new wife and he thought, well, do you know, I'm really powerful, I'm in charge of this kingdom, I can do whatever I want to get a new wife, so I know what I'll do, I'm going to have a beauty contest. And I'm going to all the young girls in the whole kingdom. They can come, take part in the beauty contest. They can get lots of different like manicures, spa treatments, and they can take part in this. And then, then our powerful king can decide on his queen. So, does anyone? I have to just put out there. I'm not. There's no spa treatments this morning. We don't have time for that. But does anyone want to come and be part of my fashion show? Okay. Right. Let me see. Let me see. Okay. Okay, right. I'll have two GBs there at the back. I become. Let me see. I've not done any brownies yet. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. Okay. Come on up, girls. You two and Chancers, not a chance. And let me see. Okay, Robin and Emily. I become as well. Okay. I become ladies. You have a wee stand in a row here for me. Okay. Thank you. Now, As I said, I don't have time for beauty treatments, but if we're going to have a fashion show, we need to have something to show off. Although you could show off all your nice different uniforms, I suppose. Right, no, instead we're going for nice headwear, if you like. So do you know, do you guess actually, does anyone want to guess how long do you think you got different beauty treatments before you, your fashion show? What do you think? A Couple of months, maybe? Couple of weeks? We've no idea. A whole year, a year of being pampered. Would you like that? Getting your hair done, your nails done, getting nice dresses. Well, that was what happened. So I'm nearly there. Bear with me. Bear with me. Oh, sorry, Robin. There we go. Lovely. Oh dear, I've got an extra one. That's fine. Oh, I've got loads. Right. There we go. And last of all, there we are. Now, don't they look beautiful? Yes, I think you do, ladies. Right. Tell you what, girls, all of you come over here carefully so that you don't lose your lovely headwear. sure this was fashionable back in biblical times. Okay. So what happened was, King Xerxes, he said, I'm going to find me a new wife. I'm going to have this beauty contest. I'm going to have a fashion show. What's going to happen is they can all, we're all going to have a wee walk across the platform, show off our lovely head here, okay? And then the king is going to choose his new wife. Does that all make sense? Yeah? Right, okay. So let's go. Over we go. I'm not gonna do a catwalk talk because that would just okay. So you can lead the way, come on, you don't lead the way, lovely, and then follow on in a nice row. Just walk this way, just walk around this way, just your stuff around this way, looking good, lovely. And then back again, back again, right? Emily, you turn round and you go that way. Robin, turn around, and go that way. Looking good, lovely. Keep going. And then stop there. Perfect. You can keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then stop beside the girls. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Well, King Xerxes, he saw all the lovely people, but there was one who stood out to him, one that he liked more than the others. And this is what the Bible says. The king was pleased with Esther more than any of the other girls. He liked her more than the rest. So King Xerxes put a royal crown on Esther's head and he made her queen in place of Vashti. Then the king gave a great banquet for Esther. He invited all his important men and royal officers. He announced a holiday in all the empire. He was generous and gave everyone a gift. So he chose Esther. She stood out and he put a crown on her head. So if you could stand for a minute, please. King Xerxes, okay, and can you go and choose Esther and put a crown on her head? (gasps) Just go and put a a crown on one of their heads. (laughs) Lovely. Queen Esther, your majesty, this way, if you please. Lovely. Now, are any of the brown chairs still in this corner? No? Can I have one up for, for our queen, if you please? Thank you. Watch watch heads. Apologies. Lovely. Thanks, team. Well, you don't get as big a throne as King Xerxes because you're the queen. But you may sit beside him. There you go. And then, so you've now got two people to serve. Just check that all right every now and then. Okay, ladies, thank you so much. You get to go back to your homelands. That means your seats. And you can have a wee sit back down. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lovely. Well, there we go. Our king, our all powerful king, he's now happy he's got his new queen. And do you know, round about this time, he also promoted someone. Now, if we were having this story at the pantomime, this next person would be the one that you would boo and hiss whenever they came up. This is the villain, okay? He's the biggest, baddest, meanest person in the whole story because he makes one bad choice after another after another and eventually he's blinded by hatred and by anger so anyone want to be my villain oh the hands shoot up lovely now this is a man called Haman let me see who's looking particularly villainous this morning and also who else who all have we got here make sure I'm getting all the different uniforms okay let me see who's looking villainous yeah Yeah, I like that. The biggest, the baddest villain. Fantastic. Thank you, my friend, for offering. Seems be picking on you. Brilliant. Here we have Haman. As I say, if we were in the panto, we'd all be hissing right now. Yeah, (laughs) why not? Okay. Well, Haman, here you go. You can have... You weren't royal. Sorry, they might fall off, but you can just... Okay, come this way, Haman. Okay. So King Xerxes promoted Haman here to be the second in command of the whole kingdom. Now he's still the most powerful because he's the king, your majesty, all powerful, lots of wealth. Haman here was second in command, a bit like being prime minister. Now Haman, like your king over there, he liked the fact that he was powerful as well and he wanted people to know that he was powerful. Do you like to be in power? Yeah, Yeah, good answer. So so did Haman. He liked to be powerful. And so he made a rule, he got a rule made up that whenever he walked down the street, people were to bow to him. Because it's good to be respected. It's important to somebody of your power. It's good to be respected. And so whenever he walked down the street, people were to bow their head. So boys and girls, I think if you all stand up for me. Haman, I would like you to strut your stuff up that way. And just make sure that they all bow their head as you pass. Because you deserve respect. Oh, hang on. Make sure you're bowing your heads, boys and girls, everybody. Very good. Hey, and back again, just keep an eye. Make sure they're all behaving. Heads being bowed. Due respect. And then walk along that way. Make sure all these wee ones here. Oh, check these wee boys. Make sure they're bowing their heads. Let me see. Oh, they are. Good. And then go around that way because that's a cheeky lot around there. Make sure they're bowing their heads. And even the wee ones not in uniforms, make sure they bow their heads as well. Let's just be sure. Very good. Have a seat. Well done. Good bowing. That was what a day was like for him. And he could walk down the street and he would make sure he got the respect he deserved. But there was one man, a man called Mordecai, who didn't want to bow to you. Oh, I've got hands going up to Mordecai. Well, do you know I'm not actually going to have Mordecai here just now. Oh, I'm sorry. Mordecai didn't want to bow to this guy. He didn't want to bow to Haman, and so he didn't. He went about his day, and that made Haman angry. Do you ever get angry?
0: Yeah.
1: Can you look angry for us just now? Give us like kind of angry look. Um. Sorry, I'm putting you in the spot. Well, the real Haman got a wee bit more angry than that. In fact, he got so angry, so livid, that Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. Haman, the prime minister. He got so angry. And he thought, you know, I need to get him back for this. But do you know what? I'm such a powerful man that I can't just get Mordecai back for this. I need to get his entire people back. Because that one man didn't respect me, that's how angry I was. We'll try again. Ah. Bah, there you are. Shaking the fist angry. Well, our villainous Haman here with that anger we've just seen on display, he said, I am going to get all of the Jewish people and all of the Persian empire gathered together and I'm gonna slaughter them. I'm gonna make sure they're all killed. None of them. Man, I know, pretty intense, isn't it? Just because somebody wouldn't bow to him. Man, women, or child, not one of them will live. Because Mordecai didn't bow to me. That's how powerful Haman thought he was. So Haman went to his king. So go and kneel before the king, please, Haman. Because remember, Haman doesn't actually have all the power, the king is the powerful one. And he goes to the king. And he says to the king, There is, actually I'm gonna read it from the Bible because it's better than anything I can say. Let me read this to you. These are his words that are on the screen as well, if you want to read them. Let me find. Haman said to King Xerxes, There's a certain group of people in all the areas of your kingdom. They're scattered among the other people, they keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all the other people, and they don't obey the king's laws. It's not right for you to allow them to continue living in your kingdom. If it pleases your king, let an order be given to destroy these people. Then I'll pay 345 tons of silver to those who do the king's business. They'll be put into the royal treasury. Haman goes to the king and says, I want to destroy this whole race of people. He doesn't tell the king why, but I want to destroy them. And the king nods his head and says, go for it. And so a date is set when all the Jewish people are to be gathered together and killed, man, woman, and child. I'm going to pause the story there, so you guys can just stay there for a minute. If your knee's getting sore, you can stand up again. But if you're okay there, that's fine. You can stand behind the king. I'm going to pause the story there because like so many other stories of war and of mistreatment of people and other issues around the world, it comes from human nature, from humans who are driven by power and a desire to be the biggest and the best, by hatred of others, by blinding anger at other people. And this was what led to this horrific situation where all the Jewish people were to be gathered up and killed. And you know, boys and girls, throughout the Bible, it tells us that God's desire for people is that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength. And that when we love him, we will then, therefore, love other people as ourselves. This is what God wanted for people, that we would love him and that we would treat others the way they should be treated. But sadly, throughout the world, throughout history itself, people just haven't done this. And this story, and many, many others, shows a wee bit of the consequence of what happens when we fail to do that, when people are driven by anger and hatred and power. Thankfully, this isn't the end of the story. And in a wee minute, we're going to hear a wee bit more of it. This isn't the end. And thankfully there's good news because while Haman and King Xerxes thought they were powerful, there is one even more powerful. God is so much bigger than them and more powerful than them. And he not only knew what was going on, but he had a rescue plan in place. Remember this started with a hero? Well, he had a hero in place, sitting there, ready to act at just the right minute. We're going to come back to that in a minute. First of all, I think a round of applause for our lovely, dramatic people. You can take your costumes off and leave them on here. Thank you. And you if you leave them there, and then you can go and sit back down. Oh, I'll get this off. Actually, I tell you what, if you go over that way, okay. one of those lovely ladies there will take it off for you. Okay. What we're going to do just now, we're going to join together, we're going to sing Our God is a Great Big God. This is a song that I know some of the children do in different clubs that happen in the two churches. Um, It's one that's got actions, and it's a wee video we're going to see, but we'll stand together and we're going to sing Our God is a Great Big God. Now earlier on, we started talking about superheroes, different heroes we have, and do you know, Often heroes are known, in like comics and films and books, they're known by having a catchphrase. So what I mean by that is there's something they'll say, and everybody will go, oh, that's so-and-so that said that, he's known for that, she's known for that. Well, I've got some this morning, and I've got some prizes as well. We're going to have just a wee moment. There's going to be a catchphrase going on the screen, and if you think you know who said those words, I want you just to stand up. Stay quiet but stand up. And then I'm going to pick somebody from the people standing and we'll see if you're right. And there's a mawam in it for the person right. What I will say, please put it in your pocket and enjoy it after your lunch. Thank you very much. Parents, I'm doing my bit. They'll get put away. OK, we're ready? Does everybody understand what's happening? Right. Ready to stand up. OK, not shouting out. We're going to stand up. So the first one is, my spidey senses are tingling. Right. Zach Ritchie, wow, that was speedy. Okay, who said those words? Spider Man, -Man. well done. Have a seat, very good, well done. Good stuff. Right. Number two, this pup's got to fly. There we go, people are standing right. Ayla, you were quick off the mark. Guy from Paw Patrol, brilliant. Girls, can somebody pass that? Oh, there we go. She's coming for it. Well done, Ayla. Okay. Right. Okay. You're doing really well at not shouting out. Everybody, well done so far. Okay, the next one. I am the vengeance. I am the knight. I am... Nice. I like that. Okay, yes. Batman, very good. Well done, well done. Here for you and here, go for it. Well done. Well, superheroes, they're known for their catchphrase, something that tells you a wee bit about what they're about, a wee bit about what they're there to do, something they're famous for. And our hero this morning, Esther, is similar. Now, this wasn't a catchphrase she ran around the town shouting, but it's one short phrase that she says that shows us why she's a hero and what it's all about. So if you remember our story, if you remember where we were, the bad man Haman had made this horrible, horrible um, decree that all the Jewish people in all of the Persian Empire were to be killed. And they sent letters out in the post, posted letters to all the Jewish people to tell them this was going to happen. And as you can imagine, they were devastated. The Bible tells us that they cried, they changed their clothes to show they were in mourning and that they fasted. Now, that's a type of prayer where you don't eat food. Instead, you just pray. So, you stop eating food and you pray. And that's what the Jewish people did. They were so upset. Well, when Mordecai, remember, he's the one that wouldn't bow down. When he heard this rule, he thought, right, something's got to be done. So, he sent a message to Queen Esther. And he said to her, you really need to go before the king. You really need to tell him what's going on. If we can have our picture, Gregor, thank you. Mordecai there with the white beard, he said, send this message to the queen. She needs to know what's going on. She needs to beg the king to have mercy. She needs to tell the king to rescue us. And so the message gets to Esther. And she hears it, and at first she's terrified. She doesn't want to go before the king, because you see, remember, King Xerxes liked to be powerful. Do we remember that? He liked the whole power thing, power trip going on. Well, he had another law just to remind everybody of his power, and it terrified Esther. This was his law. Listen to this. This is what Esther sends back to Mordecai. She doesn't want to go before the king because all the royal officers and people of the royal areas know this. No man or woman may go to the king in the inner courtyard without being called. There's only one law about this. Anyone who enters must be put to death. But unless the king holds out the gold scepter, then that person will live. Mordecai asked Esther to go to the king to beg for mercy. And she said, I can't. If I do that, it'll kill me. That was the punishment for going against this law. Only for going into the room the king was in. If you weren't invited, you were killed there and then. Because King Xerxes, remember, was a powerful guy. Esther's terrified. She says to Mordecai, I can't do it, it's too scary. Mordecai writes back to her. And he says, do you know what, Esther? God's been faithful to our people before. Mordecai really believed that God would deliver his people, that he would save them. And he went on and said to Esther, maybe, just maybe, you've been made queen for this very moment. Well, when you put it like that, Esther thought about it. And then she replied, so we can have our next picture. This is what she replied to Mordecai. She said, okay, okay, I'll do it. But first, and then she says this, Go and tell all the Jews in Susa, go and gather them together. For my sake, give up eating. Don't eat or drink for three days, night and day. I and my servant girls will also give up eating. Then I'll go to the king, even though it's against the law. Here's our moment, remember our catchphrase? And if I die, I die. That's Esther's catchphrase because it shows she was willing to sacrifice her life. If she went before the king... He could kill her instantly. But she knew that the other people were more important in this moment. The entire nation was in danger of being wiped out. And so she said, if I die, I die. That means even though I'm in danger, I'll still do it. I'll do the right thing. I'll put others first. And so next picture, Esther does go to the king. She bravely goes. And the king holds up his golden scepter and he welcomes her in. He listens to her requests. At that point, there's lots of other twists and turns in the plot of the story. It's brilliant if you want to read it. It's the book of Esther from the Bible. Lots of twists and turns. But the king does what Esther asks. He saves the people. He changes his mind. And it was because Esther believed and trusted in God she trusted Mordecai and the faith he had. And she said, okay, I'm going to put others first. I'm going to sacrifice myself. That there is her moment. And you know, that meant she lived. It meant the entire Jewish people lived. And you know, eventually, they got to move back home to their homeland and live there in a bit more peace. Remember, I said at the start they'd been taken away. They got to go back home. And it was there, many, many years later, that another would be born. Another Jewish person who would grow up to be a hero. A far greater hero than Esther or anyone who'd ever been before. And a far greater hero than anyone who would come after. He was going to grow up and he was going to sacrifice himself. Not just for one nation to be saved and to live, but for the entire world. To be saved and live through him and he also is known for many famous catchphrases if you like but just before he was born someone said you should call him jesus because he will save his people from their sins his catchphrase his birth I'll give it another few weeks and you're welcome to join us again for christmas but his birth which will be celebrating soon because esther trusted god sacrificed herself and stood up for what was right. This morning we're here, we're gathered and we remember and we give thanks for those who sacrificed themselves for others.
0: That was good. Queen Esther. The reason what God can do. Somebody who's willing to step out. The young man I don't even know about all those years ago who went to serve his country in order that people could live down through the ages. What do you want to do with your life? Well, I don't know what you become. You can be anything. But what you can become, what we all can become, is people who follow in the footsteps of Jesus, who gave his life so that we might live. Let's sing together that song again. Our God is a great big God. God, our Father, we thank you that down through history, there have been people who have been faithful to you, who have Stepped out and been counted as people who love you and therefore love others. We thank you for the story of Queen Esther who risked all in order that her people might be saved. We thank you at this Remembrance Sunday. We think of countless thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people who have risked all so that their family, their friends, their community, their nation might be freed. We thank you for that sacrifice. And we thank you that all those sacrifices speak to us and reveal to us of how you, O oh God, our great big God has made that supreme sacrifice. You loved this world so much that you gave your only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have the gift of life eternal. For that good use of such a big God we give you thanks this day and ask that whatever age we are whatever our background whatever our story lord we thank you that you know us better than we even know ourselves we thank you that through this time of remembrance we might recall that you call us to come and to follow jesus so hear us now as we sum up all our prayers and the words of that family prayer that you have given us to say, saying, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to the temptation." But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. As this service comes to the end, our youth organizations will go up to the war memorial just beyond the cross, and as I say, there'll be a short short act of remembrance at 12 noon thereabouts, and you're welcome, obviously, to join with that and join with other members of our community. Uddington Old Parish Church has offered to provide a cup of tea or coffee after that in their church hall, which is just obviously behind where the War memorial is, and you're invited to go over there for maybe a a warm cup of tea or whatever after standing for the act of remembrance. It's been great as a church here, as a church family, many of our own members are upstairs this morning um, to welcome you all here, and as Karen, our family and children's workers remind us, you're more than welcome to return any Sunday, especially as we approach the season of Christmas. Let's conclude our service by singing to a a hymn that reminds us of both the need of our world and of how wars and rumors of war will only end when Jesus, that Prince of Peace, comes in glory and in power. Great is the darkness that covers the earth, oppression, injustice, and pain. And while we're doing that, the Colour Party will come forward and receive their flag. Thank you for listening to the Park Church Podcast. I hope you enjoy the sermon.